Looking for inspiring destinations, incredible places to stay, and the most exciting bucket list experiences to travel to next? Welcome to Destination Everywhere with hospitality and travel entrepreneurs Todd Bloodworth and Andy McNeil. Having traveled to over 100 countries, Todd and Andy bring you unique perspectives with celebrities in the know, hospitality experts, and native connoisseurs to discover must-dos and inspirational destinations to plan your next trip for business or pleasure. So pack your bags and get ready as we bring you Destination Everywhere with Todd and Andy. If your bucket list includes playing the didgeridoo, the Great Barrier Reef, seeing the Sydney Opera House, or visiting Federation Square or the Queen Victoria Market in Melbourne, this is the episode to whet your appetite. Between the Pacific and Indian Oceans is the land down under, the world's smallest continent and largest island. Whether the nightlife and shopping, sightseeing, or water sports, visitors come to Australia every year to explore all it offers. Explore Aboriginal heritage, history, and culture in several art galleries and museums, or hike Corrigine National Park's dark red canyons to explore gorgeous waterfalls. In today's episode, we will be interviewing Australia's own Trav Bell, also known as the Bucket List Guy. He's been inspiring audiences to not let their to-do lists take priority over their bucket lists. In fact, he says it shouldn't take something dramatic or traumatic to live a purpose-filled life. Learn Australia's best-kept secrets, the best time to travel here, the tourist must-dos, and get inspired on this episode of Destination Everywhere, Australia. Welcome, everyone, to Destination Everywhere. We are traveling to Australia today, and we couldn't be more excited. It's going to be such an incredible show. We have a really awesome guest who not only is from Australia, but he also is what they call the bucket list guy. And so uh, his name's Trav Bell, and we're going to be talking about him. But before we talk to Trav, we're just going to talk a little bit about Australia and why we love it so much and the times that we have gone there. And um, Todd, what's your favorite thing about Australia? Well, I've always kind of been fascinated with Australia being south of the equator. So, you know, you kind of look at, you know, when it's winter here, it's summer there, and then vice versa. But it's just one of those fascinating places. It's a continent. It's a country. It has a very small population relative to the size. Yeah, it's only like 23 million people and it's an entire continent. So there's lots of open land and open vistas, one of the largest deserts in the world. And talk about beauty. I mean, the coastal towns, I mean, that, that's what I really remember about Australia is all the wonderful coastal towns, um, the beautiful beaches and the wildlife. Yeah, I mean, the cities are fantastic as well. Melbourne, Sydney, the largest ones. But what is really incredible is all the kind of natural beauty. And we're going to talk a lot about that today uh, with our guest. And so, and what I like to do also when we, you know, go to a destination is I always like to Google what movies were filmed there. Yeah. Uh, so, of course, I did that. That's your favorite. And, and then some of them kind of surprised me. Okay. Um, I'm excited to hear. I haven't, I haven't heard about this yet. So, let's, let's do it. So in Sydney, The Matrix was actually filmed all around Sydney. Did you know that? I did not know that. Good yep. one. Uh, Mission Impossible 2. Uh, that's more obvious. You see the uh, Sydney Opera House and, and a lot of the, the movie on the water scenes. Uh, parts of Star Wars were filmed there. Wow. And this one actually is now added to my bucket list is uh, The Great Gatsby Movie with Leo DiCaprio. Uh-huh. Really? Leonardo, Leonardo DiCaprio. The Gatsby Mansion in that movie was actually the International College of Management located in Manly. So who knew uh, that? Wow. I know. And then other ones like Babe and and there's another movie out there uh, and it's called Fool's Gold with Kate Hudson and Matthew McConaughey. That was actually supposed to be filmed in the, the, the Caribbean, but because of weather, they actually moved that to the Great Barrier Reef along Queensland. So ah. along the Queensland coast. So I thought that was interesting. Oh, and last one, you know, there's, there's like Charlotte's Web, but there was one called Ghost Rider and that was actually filmed at the... Uh, the Telstra Dome in Melbourne, which is, uh, I thought was interesting, where the wild things are. It goes on and on. And Wolverines, I, you know, I can go on, but yeah. I'll stop there. But, you know, it's just, it's so big and the background is so diverse. You know, you have beaches, you have deserts, you have great cities, small cities. It's, it's just- Yeah, one thing story. I always thought was cool is because a lot of people 
think that Washington, D.C. was the only capital that was ever done as just a capital city. But uh, the, their capital, Canberra, is the same thing. It was actually specifically built to serve as the capital. So it has a, a very um, grand feel like D.C. Yep, and it's actually, it has access to both Melbourne and Sydney. It's right in the middle of the two on the yeah. East Coast. And, and it's not a city. I, I think if you ask people, if you ask most people what the capital of Australia uh, is, I don't think they would be able to tell you. Yeah, I don't think they would tell you that. Yeah, so I think everyone who's been to Australia, I mean, I think part of the experience is having to take that huge long flight either from Europe or from, Qantas. from the United States. It's part of the experience, but it's also a very long flight. It can be 15 to 24 hours, depending on where you're flying from, from the US or Canada. And so you have to uh, take that into your plans and make sure that you uh, plan for that because you actually planned a day a day ahead. And so you need to be prepared for that. And, and in, I think in retrospect, I think you're going to find we probably should have made this episode a couple of smaller episodes, and we'll probably do that later on as pick it down. But Australia is just so fascinating. But then when you really get into it, you realize, you know, I just need to spend more time in this area or just in this area. I know when we were putting the bucket list together for this show, we couldn't even, uh, we had to pare so much stuff down. We just didn't have time for all of it. So yeah, we, we will definitely be back to visit our friends, the Aussies, many, many times to come here on Destination Everywhere. And you know what? I, I do, I'd be remiss if I didn't talk about one particular movie. And I think everybody remembers it from uh, the 80s, I think. Andy, do you know what movie I'm talking about? It really, to me, put the Outback on the map. 80s, oh, Crocodile Dundee. Exactly. I'm sure the Aussies love that. I'm sure they I like know. being compared to Crocodile Dundee all the time. Paul Hogan in that, you know, where it oh, kind of really gave you a feel for uh, the Australia outside of a city, really getting into the outback. And, you know, it's dangerous and beautiful at the same time. Well, I'm excited to, to talk to Trab Bell. So again, he's the bucket list guy. He's going to be our first guest today, but he's also Australian. So he not only uh, looks for life-changing bucket list items to do. It's actually his way of life. And so we're going to talk about uh, bucket list things to do in Australia with him. So he's got the best of both worlds. He can talk about both of them. And we're going to talk about other bucket list experiences he's had around the world. So I'm excited to talk to Trav. And we'll be right back with Trav Bell, the bucket list guy. Welcome back. And we are really excited to have our next guest. We have Trav Bell, who is the bucket list guy joining us from Melbourne, Australia. So welcome, Trav. We're, we're happy to have you. Todd, Andy, stoked to be here, guys. Can't wait. So excited to have you here. So Trav, you know, um, when we were going over your profile, I actually listened to your TED Talk and I found it, you know, one, just extremely entertaining. You're a great speaker and you have a book, My Bucket List Blueprint. And the My Bucket List is an acronym. So each one of those, if you know what an acronym is, and I hope everybody does, but each one of those means something. And for all intents and purposes, they're going to have to go and watch your TED Talk to find out the entire acronym. But what's kind of your philosophy behind this? And, and why did you kind of focus in on the bucket list experiences? Yeah, yeah, good question. Look, uh, and, and thanks a lot for having me on. Um, I'll share as much as I possibly can. And Look, I, someone actually called me the bucket list guy about 10 years ago after my first, I, I well, backstory, my first business, I was the, one of the first personal trainers kind of running around Melbourne. I founded and franchised a chain of personal fitness training studios, 300 personal trainers working for me, tens of thousands of clients, nearly 2 million personal training sessions, always loved helping people. I uh, did that for 20 years, but things got on top of me. I had my own little breakdown before breakthrough moment. I um, went through a bout of depression and I, instead of going on heavy antidepressants, because there's a lot of stuff that was going on in my life at that point in time. And instead of going on heavy antidepressants, I actually found myself in life coaching courses, learning neuro-linguistic programming and social dynamics, Akagi principle and positive psychology and trying to get to the root cause of what I, why I was going through what I was going through rather than putting a Band-Aid over the top of it in terms of a, mm-hmm. you know, a medication because I knew a lot of people were kind of on that stuff and, and I didn't want to walk around like a zombie. Yep. So I wanted to get the root cause of my own psychology. I found myself in these life coaching courses, walking on fire, hugging it out and high-fiving it <laughs> with strangers on weekends and breaking boards and bending, breaking arrows and bending bars and, you know, 
you cry on my shoulder, I cry on your shoulder, and you know how it goes, and uh, personal development events. But it was actually a friend of mine at the time said, hey, why don't you teach this stuff? And for me, that helped me compartmentalise what I was going through, and I summed up the courage. It was the big domino that I had to push over in my life to gain the courage to... So I, I put on an event. It was crap compared to my TED Talk and what I do now. <laughs> Admittedly, I was so scared. But it was like the thing. I saw a speaker and I, you know, like, and I just thought, if I could do that, I could do anything. You know, what is it? Yeah. People, and for me, it was the same. I grew up quite shy. But what's the same? People would rather be in the box than give the eulogy. Right, it's ah, people yeah. are more fearful of public speaking than freaking sharks. They are. So, they are. And so I put on a talk, and about halfway through that talk, I shared with everyone, and some of them were close friends of mine, the fact that I'd had a list to do before I die, actually written down since I was eighteen. Right, and not a lot of people knew this about me, and I, I shared this, yeah. and it was, it went went from a and it inspired people because it went from a kind of a crappy seminar to a not-so-crappy seminar. And at the end, Joe, one of the participants, said, how's all this list to do before you die stuff? It's like a bucket list. You're like the bucket list guy. Ah. And I went, light bulb moment, ha-ha. Yeah. And <laughs> that night I went home and registered thebucketlistguy.com and I've been doing that for the last 10 years ever since and literally running around the world primarily as a speaker Yep. And inspiring others to do the same. The whole philosophy, really the whole thing is founded on positive psychology and that is the science of happiness, to help people have more meaning, more purpose and more fulfilment in life. Amen. That's what it's all about, guys. So I just put this kind of cool bucket list brand over the top of it, but essentially it's positive psychology. That's well, great. What's great. One thing that you did, and I I thought it was, was, it it kind of put it in perspective for me anyways, was the grid, you know? You said what the average age of a man in Australia was, and, and I actually looked it up what it is in the United States, and I think it's 78. And then I started, you know, if you tick off, you know, okay, I'm, I've already, <laughs> these are behind me now, what's in front of me? And, and, you know, yeah, what's in front of me is actually pretty small in terms of, uh, you know, those years I have left to be active and actually do things that are, that I think will kind of, you know, scare me a little bit, which is always fun. And so when you did that, I, I was like, all right, you know, I mean, it's time to get real because I'm running out of time, essentially. So, but that was, that was just a, a great way of putting it. And I was talking with our producer, Lauren, about this. And uh, I was, I mean, she's got a lot more time than I do, obviously. <laughs> and, and women but live Tom, a lot you're, longer. You're like 30, what are you, like 30, 35 or something? Uh, I'll take it, but I'm 48. You're looking me in bucks, mate. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I'll take that too. <laughs> but, so yeah, enough about Florida. Todd. Yeah, Trav, right. Trav, this Florida. is about you, not Todd, okay? Yeah, so. Yeah. <laughs> What I want to know is if you're the bucket list guy, how many current bucket list things do you have on your list? Can you count them right now? Do you know off the top of your head? I've done about, about 300 things and I've got about another 350, 400 things to do. Okay. Wow. With life experience and then with age, you know, do you take off things and add things onto your bucket list? You're like, okay, that's, that's no longer relevant. I, I don't even have a passion for that anymore, but yeah. you know, this is up there now. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because I, you know, I'll give an example. I went to Mount Everest, right? I went to advanced base camp on Mount Everest. I went there with my dad. That's a whole other story. And because of my bucket list, my father and I, I'm adopted. My dad and I weren't the best of mates, as we say in Australia, the best of mates growing up. He's a fitter and turner, a mechanic by trade, and the same job since he was 16 to retirement. Workers worker, manly man. Me, his his, uh, adopted son, a a serial entrepreneur, and he still doesn't understand really what I do. (laughs) The point is going to, you know, like since his retirement, he actually came on a lot of my adventures with me and now we're best friends. And the cool thing is I went to an example here. We went to Mount Everest Base Camp. It was actually the first thing that I ever wrote on that list to do before I die when I was... God's come through the window here. <laughs> yeah, there we go. The, uh, it was actually the first thing I ever wrote on my list to do before I died was to go to base camp, Mount Everest. So we found ourselves as part of an expedition team, 13 people. We're going to summit. We could tag along, peel off at base camp or go to advanced base camp and peel off. And uh, Dad and I went along to that. But I got to advanced base camp at 5,500 metres 
Wow. No, 6,500 metres, whatever that is in feet, don't know. But it's in between camps two and three on the Nepalese side. Mm -hmm. And I had, I was shocking. I had so much like uh, my head was, I had, yeah, altitude sickness really badly. Dad, fine. (laughs) So I quickly scrubbed summit Mount Everest off my bucket list. That went on to a, so we've got three bucket lists. Okay. Right. Three types. Yep. We've got, we've, we've all got a reverse bucket list, right, which is our done list. This is what I go through in the TED Talk, our, our done list. So when you cross it off, to get that overwhelming sense of gratitude, what do I get people to actually start? How do I start people writing a bucket list is actually think of all the cool stuff they've already done on their, in their life as if it were on a bucket list all the way along and get them to recognise that. And that gives people a really good, solid, grateful foundation in order to plan and design going forward. So we've got the reverse bucket list. We've got the future bucket list, which is typically what people refer to as a bucket list. We've also got this other list. It starts with an F and it, it rhymes with truck. <laughs> and there's an, so it's, it's like a, a truck it list. That's all the stuff that maybe was on another list and you've just gone, nah, well, <laughs> right. <laughs> no, completely Everest. understand. Summiting Mount Everest is on that list for me now. <laughs> yeah, gotcha. <laughs> see, see, see how I self-muted then? Oh, no, yeah. you did good. You, you did, did very good. good. <laughs> yeah, we don't yeah, have to use yeah. a beep. That's incredible. That- Not my first rodeo, gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> That's incredible that you actually got up to, you know, the advanced base camp. That's, that in itself is a... Yeah, huge bucket list. I know a lot of people are a lot of people are probably really scared to do that. Probably a lot of people want to do it, but it's not all fun and games, is it? It's it's. Oh it's, no, no, no! I mean, you have yeah. to be in great shape. You have to be physically active and ready to, to take on the elements. Well, not really, because um, even mountaineers get really. I learned so much. I went up with a full-on expedition team. Okay, went through Lhasa, went through Tibet. We're on the Tibetan side. Tibet's just one of like, but talk about like polar opposite to Australia and to uh-huh. the US. You go through Tibet. If you've never been through Tibet, it's the most amazing country ever. It's crazy. And, uh, and so we went through, and by the way, and spoiler alert, you can actually drive, you can drive a bus, bus to base camp on the Tibetan side. Can you really? Yes. Wow. But what they say is whatever you do when you get out of that bus and you go to set up a tent at base camp, don't pick up your own stuff because uh, you're at like seriously high altitude and a lot of people faint, a lot of people, you know, don't make it past uh, base camp. But then what we did is we walked from base camp up through the main glacier that comes off Mount Everest through interim camp and then to advanced base camp and that's when it gets serious. And that's when where all the mountaineers set up their base camps to then climb. So what now is at the top of your list in terms of, let's just talk about just travel. Oh, well, just travel. Uh, yeah, that's a good one. I've done five man-made wonders of the world, right? And I've got two to go. And that is, I've got Petra in Jordan to go. And Beautiful. I've also got uh, Christ the Redeemer in uh, Rio de Janeiro to go. I've done Taj Mahal. I've done... The, uh, in India, I've done Machu Picchu. I did that on my 40th birthday, again with my dad, after completing the uh, Inca Trail. Nice. So on the 40th, that was on my bucket list to my 40th birthday to be at Machu Picchu on my 40th birthday. It was very spiritual, very, it was, you know, that was my midlife crisis. And uh, what are the other ones? It's, uh, d- 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 oh, I went to the Colosseum last year, went to Italy. Yep. There's seven man-made wonders of the world and there's right. seven natural wonders of the world and both of those are on my bucket list. Excellent. Yeah, and Great Wall of China, Taj Mahal, what else have we got? There's some others in there, but anyway. And how many of the uh, natural wonders of the world have you had? Only two, I think. I see. So you've got some traveling to do. I've got to hurry up. I've got to hurry up. My squares, you know, when I do the squares thing too, I'm not... I'm not <laughs> right, I know. You're like, you start getting scared. So, Trav, yeah. let's talk a little bit about um, Australia and some bucket list items in Australia. What are some that you would recommend, either take it by region or uh, city? What are some things that when people come to your uh, beautiful country, uh, they should really think about doing? 
Look, I love this. I feel like I, Australia government, should, they should be paying me to be a, like a, a you know, <laughs> on the board of tourism here. But yeah, uh, you should call them. You should call the board yeah, of tourism. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, they're, they're just, all right, you've got to climb the Sydney Harbour Bridge. Yep. Right? That's a definite. And, and what I say to people right now, be a tourist in your own hometown first. You know, it's about choosing happiness. It's about choosing to take time out of your life to work on your life and do it with your family. And I think is that everyone is reconnected with their family too. Absolutely. And they're exploring places around their backyard that didn't even see possible. We've taken up full on mountain biking in our family. Fantastic. But I would say, okay, the classics do the Sydney Harbour Bridge and climb the Sydney Harbour Bridge, which is awesome. It's just an amazing view. You've got to, I mean, Americans and Bondi Beach, yeah. You've got to do that. I mean, and if you're any ladies and anyone else inclined, you've got the Bondi lifeguards. Yes, it's sad, <laughs> but it's, it's a real thing. Bondi Beach, which is excellent, a quintessential Australian beach. You've got to, like where I live, I'm in the south of, Australia, south of Australia in a state called Victoria. I'm about 20 minutes away from uh, the start of the Great Ocean Road. And the Great Ocean Road winds its way across along down the coast to a place called Warnable. And you'll see what we call the Twelve Apostles there, where it's a sandstone carvings, I guess, uh, from the waves. It's really rough down there. We go down there and surf. There's some huge sharks down there, big great whites down there. So swimming with the sharks, can that be a bucket list item? Is there anywhere to swim with sharks? No, there's heaps. You want to go to South Australia to do that. You can okay. get in a cage. You can actually go to the Northern Territory, which is the north of Australia, and actually do the cage of death experience okay. as well. That might be your last bucket list item, the cage that's, of death. death, death. That's a cage of death. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I did that. Um, but the cage of death, you actually get into a perspex cylinder like this, okay. right? All right. All right. It's clear. Nuh-uh. And a, a massive female crocodile gets in the water with you. <laughs> nah. But it's on my bucket list. It scares the hell out of me. But uh, Now, what is, that, what is that plastic made out of, do you know? Or, or what is that cylinder made I don't out know, of? I know, but the, the croc does this. Oh. And you're in there. Yeah. <laughs> you're the chewy center. It doesn't help. There. It doesn't help. They're waving a stake in front of the thing. You're the chewy center of dessert, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've seen that, how, how that plays out. My dog always gets to the middle of a chew toy. Always. There you go. There you go. Well, you are the chew toy yeah, right? situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to say Uluru. I haven't done it myself, but Uluru, uh, the big red rock in the middle, you know, and now, like, you want to Google it, but our um, Aboriginals, Australian mm-hmm. Aboriginals, arguably the oldest, oldest race, you know, the, the earliest of our, our ancestors around the world. They were the, you know, some of the first people reported to be walking the earth. So you go out to the Northern Territory in a particular place called Alice Springs and what we call Northern Territory, which is one of our northern states, and you'll just learn about Aboriginal culture and it's just amazing, you know, like the... the yeah, just amazing. I mean, every country's got Aboriginal culture and, and our, ours, are, ours are treated with uh, a lot of respect, even though there's some, you know, some dodgy parts, but we really do respect that culture and uh, I'm yet to fully explore that area myself. But uh, Yeah, so what area is that again so our listeners can write that down? It's in the Northern Territory. Okay, the Northern Territory. You want to fly, in, fly into a place called Darwin, which is the capital of that state. You can swim with whale sharks. And again, these are just things on my bucket list. So Yeah, that's on my bucket list too. Yeah, swim with whale sharks. So you can do it. You can do it. I'm sure you can do it down the Caribbean, Bahamas, and that's something. You can do Mexico that, um, actually. Around here Mexico. it's Mexico. Yeah. Yeah, that's around Cancun and stuff, isn't it? It is, I think. yeah. 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 Well, we can do it here in Australia as well, at a place called Ningaloo Reef, which is uh, north uh, the northern part of Western Australia. Okay which faces the Indian Ocean. And, and you can also do that over in the Philippines. And I think they just, Philippines, you, you can pay enough money, you can like jump on their backs. You know, they, just <laughs> they just don't care over there. I, I'm not like that. So, you know, 
Uh, that's awesome. Bondi Beach. Uh, look, if you're a surfer, you've got to surf all the places. Yeah, you got to surf waves, Australia, yeah. Waves down here. Bells Beach is where all the surf, surf spots are and um, kind of where I live as well. What else have we got? I mean, just road tripping around Australia, you, you want to have – oh, there's the Barrier Reef, of course. Of course. And you want to get here and dive the Barrier Reef. That is on a lot of people's bucket list. You want to do it yeah. in certain parts that – aren't sun bleached okay. as well, where, where there's full... Uh, so Trav, what are the areas that are uh, still in really good shape? The Barrier Reef is literally like, it's one of the wonders of the world. So it's massive. It's hard for me to pinpoint that, but uh, that's only a Google search away, I'm sure. But you want to go to a place called Airlie Beach, which is where all the backpackers and where a lot of people launch off into the Great Barrier Reef from. That's where a lot of the, uh, the boats are and a place called Hamilton Island is really cool if you've got a little bit more money and that's all in the Barrier Reef. And one of the things that my parents have actually done, which is on my bucket list as well, is to hire a boat and just cruise the Barrier Reef and all the different islands and, and that's epic. And you can actually, you know, if you want to spend some extra coin, you can get a captain, you can get your own catamaran and they can cook for you and you just hire out the boat. So get a bunch of friends and... Uh, don't have a sober day for 10 days. You know? <laughs> there you go. So Trav, obviously, you know, you're coming into, we're, we're all going into to winter and you guys are coming out of it. What is the good season? What season do you prefer best in Australia? Well, yeah, it's a good question. I mean, I'm in Melbourne. So Melbourne is the most cosmopolitan city. It's, you know, I'm all, and everyone would say this, but they don't, well, the other states don't want to admit it. <laughs> Melbourne is where the culture of Australia really is. In Sydney, Sydney is probably a little bit more like LA, flashy and, you know, and I reckon after traveling the world, you've got Sydney's LA and Miami. Yep. Yep. The Gold Coast is definitely Miami. So, you know, look at me, look at me, look at me. Yeah. Then Melbourne is... New York. New York, Oregon, Austin. Oh, no. Mixed together. You know, this sort of thing. It's a lot more cultured because we... Melbourne is like New York, you know, like we've got a lot of the Italians and the Greeks who, who sort of came into Melbourne really early and introduced their culture. So there's literally, there's some of the best coffee in the world is in Melbourne. I mean, if you're a coffee snob like me, yep. you want to go to this, oh my God, you want to go to this place called De Grave Street in Melbourne. De Grave Street. De Grave Street is, is like graffitied alleys, alleyways and... They're licensed to do, do graffiti. We've got actually graffiti laneway. And so you've got just, it's just cool. And fashion is right up there. It's very cosmopolitan and uh, lots of weirdos. And that's exactly what you want. I love that. Absolutely. That's right up my alley. And if you want to go out for, you know, a good meal in Melbourne, where you are, what's your spot? What's your go-to? Depends on who I'm with and where I'm, you know, and what I'm up for, but you can do, there's some amazing Japanese, there's some amazing Italian, you know, like I said before, uh, there's some amazing just holes in the wall as well where you, can get, where you can get some random, random kind of Lebanese food or, yeah. you know, there's a whole variety of different stuff. And it's often when I, when I travel is, what's Australian food? I don't know. <laughs> it's a mix of everything. We're only, you know, 250 years old, you know, yeah. in Australia. Uh, that's when Captain Cook settled here. So we don't have that atypical kind of Australian food, I guess, Australian very, land. Yeah, and, it's and, very, very much international and a lot of Asian influence as well. Yeah, heaps, heaps. And, and so you can get everything. For me, it just depends on where I'm at. And, uh, you know, one thing that we need a lot more of is Mexican food. I love Mexican food. Oh, that's the best. You know, and uh, there's no, oh, there's some good Mexican, but it's, not genuine and a little bit more Tex-Mex than real Mexican food. And, but it's the coffee culture. It's the, you know, going after probably really kind of European flavors and stuff like that down here. Nice. Okay. Well, great. So let's focus on, so you, you talked about an amazing that you went to Mount Everest. Uh, give us like three other things outside of Australia that you've done as the bucket list guy that would really um, pique people's interest. Well, I mean... You know, it's funny when we talk about travel, I, I go travel adventures, travel experiences. Yep. 
you can go to a place and it'd be a really vanilla kind of experience. Yep. But when you go to, I mean, have you ever been to Dusseldorf in Germany? Yeah, I have been yep. to Dusseldorf. Yeah. Yep. We call it Dusseldorf here, but yeah. Dusseldorf. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Well, well, let's be honest, pretty bland. You know, there's a lot of socks and sandals. Yeah. And, uh, but I went there for the Eurovision song contest final. Oh, fun. How was that? Yeah. I was the only straight guy there, but the point, <laughs> the point being, it was madness. It was so cool because this like big gay rainbow event coming to Dusseldorf, Germany, which is very straight laced, very, you know, a lot of automotive company, a lot of engineers, and then come into town. So that was a really cool, you know, travel adventure experience to go to that. Um, then you go. Well, we got to just say for our listeners, we don't, we don't have Eurovision here in the, in the States. Uh, we don't either. Oh, you guys don't have it either. No. It's, it's the world's largest talent competition where each country, but addictive, man. I, you, I mean, oh, if, if you watch it, I mean, I have like friends in the UK and they're all like, you know, they're all into yeah, it no matter what sure. country they're from. But uh, that's a really cool. So you got to actually go live, huh? That's funny. Yeah, well, well, it was on the bucket list because it was just like we watched it with all of our with all of our gay friends. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, we'd have big Eurovision, you know, parties for years and years. And we, you know, um, my partner in time, we just went, you know what, we want to go to Europe. Let's go to Eurovision as well. And How that much was fun. the impetus for uh, for doing that. But I also crossed off another thing on my bucket list during that, and was. Because I didn't do in my first business, I didn't travel that much. Okay. But, but being the bucket list guy, I sold off all my businesses and got out of the gyms and stuff that I had, and just went. And that was around when Tim Ferriss launched the Four Hour Work Week. You know yep. his book. Great book. Great, great book. And I read that. And another thing on my bucket list was actually I've I've had lunch with Tim Ferriss. Oh, nice. When he came to Melbourne, and it was at that time when we were shifting to the online world. And I, for me, freedom is one of my highest values. And I'm sure yep. you, you guys can appreciate that. Feel the same way. And if I don't feel free and, I, and uh, I feel that I'm not living to my true values, you know, my truest potential. So me having these corporate leases and gyms and all that sort of thing tied to me, I sold them off when I got out of the personal training industry, I sold off all these gyms, got them to rebrand and all that sort of thing. And then I, I just went online. Excellent. And when I registered the bucket list guy, I was like, how am I going to, how am I going to monetize this? I don't know. I don't know how I'm going to do it, but it just felt right. Good. And the fact is, and, and I didn't do a lot of traveling until the bucket list guy. And then I went nuts as the bucket list guy. And plus my travel was now a tax deduction. <laughs> bing, bing, bing. Yeah, because, you know, yeah. like, like we've Research. got this. <laughs> there. Now you can expense that coffee. Yeah. yeah well, and what it is, it's a hashtag ticket before you kick it, which is, which is absolutely true. Ticket before you kick it. And so, you know, because we've got beyond me now, a couple of years ago, I started, because of everything that I've taught, it's really helped a lot of people, you know, you know wake up stop Groundhog Day, get off the treadmill, design their life rather than living by default, living by design, love rather than just, you know, existing. I really want people to live with more, more intention, more purpose. And so now I've, I'm also a founder CEO of certified bucket list coaches around the world too. So apart from being the bucket list guy, I'm also the founder of this company. And now we've got certified bucket list coaches teaching my stuff in what 25 countries around the oh, world fantastic now. so if someone wants to to reach out for you obviously your idea is absolutely amazing but if someone wants to find you and they want to learn a little bit more about bucket list what's something how do they reach you how do they find you oh they just go to the uh com, and if they're interested in becoming a coach just go to bucketlistcoach.com we run webinars on that every week excellent and we can sit here, we're going to get, we have some rapid fire questions, but. Um, yeah, shoot, shoot. And before we say that, you know, I, I just want to, you know, tell the listeners, you know, definitely check out his TED Talk, check out his website, because uh, obviously we could talk to you forever. You're such a great person and a great speaker. Oh, thanks. But Andy, why don't I, th- I I'm going to throw it over to you for these. Sure, these absolutely. Rapid fires. So you gave us two. So the first question is, what has been your most impressive bucket list item today? You gave us two already outside the US. Give us one more. To wrap that up. I'm going to jump straight to Kathmandu in Nepal. Tell us about that. 
Yeah, this movie was set off, it's part of the old Silk Road. It's just a, an eclectic bunch of backpackers and travellers and different religions. And I remember sitting upon this coffee shop overlooking this bazaar and just, just seeing the movement and, you know, it was just awesome having a morning. What I love and you can appreciate is discovering a really, because I'm a coffee snob, discovering sitting there watching the world go by and I remember sitting there having that epiphany kind of moment just going this is a cool place and all the different little shops really cool so I mean that's definitely a bucket list and a lot of people don't get to get there because it's so far out of the way so look you Americans have got to stop complaining about long (laughs) about long plane rides if I hear another American complain about a long plane ride and that's their excuse (laughs) see did you know like check this out Australians and New Zealanders, and again with the Saudi Arabians, believe it or not, we've got the largest amount of passports per capita. Oh, wow. But in America, I believe it. Check this out. In America, you guys have got the lowest we do. amount of passports per capita in the world. We do. It's below 10%. Right. I, I absolutely Destination that. everywhere has got to be literally like, you put it into schools. Yeah, for right. To teach people like how to experience the world and how to get outside the comfort zone because it breeds tolerance. It does. Absolutely. You just took the words out of my mouth. I say, you know, if you don't travel, you don't learn and you don't. Um, you don't. And, it, and it does. It promotes ignorance if you don't Full travel. Full appreciation. Yeah, yeah. Without a yeah. doubt. All right. Next question. If you could live anywhere in the world for a year, where would it be, Trav? I'm going to do this and this uh, kind of scares me too, but uh, probably move. I'll do some time in the US, more for business reasons, maybe Thailand and maybe Spain. Nice. Spain's a great one. Love it. Yeah. All right. Next question. If you could travel with someone either infamous or famous, alive or dead, who would it be? Oh, I'm going to go. I reckon I'll go back to the guy I mentioned before is Tim Ferriss. Great. Really, like, you know, when you meet people and and he, what we call in Australia, he, he wasn't a wanker. Yeah. <laughs> yep. He was a cool guy. And I reckon he would get into some really interesting places in the world. And one thing that, that uh, he shares quite often is his experiences in Japan. I haven't been to Japan yet either. And, you know, there's some weird and wonderful little nook and crannies that you can get in over there. Gets a little weird probably. But at the end of the day, I think Tim would be a, a great guy. And Kelly Slater, like we mentioned before. Yeah. <laughs> like we just mentioned the world with him, to be honest. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, last question for you. When packing for a trip, what is something you pack that might surprise our listeners? Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Remember, we talked about this being PG. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, look at my AirPods. Look at that. I've even branded my AirPods with the bucket list guy. Oh, that's nice. That's great. Good gift. They can find got you. It, got it, you know, because I've got kids uh so that's so they don't steal them i've been traveling and then i've i've bumped into people and be, and i've said oh yeah i'm the bucket list guy and before you know it i'm like the next day i'm presenting oh yeah somewhere i've, I've presented at, at like at meet like for instance meetup groups yep. i'll meet someone in a bar and i'll say oh you know how long you're in town for and then i'll uh and they'll say oh, i don't know i'll half a week or something like that. Oh, what are you doing tomorrow afternoon? I'm, I'm part of a meetup group or I'm part of a networking group or a business group. And, and before you know it, I'm presenting to hundred people. <laughs> That's great. That's really great. So I'm going to say my clicker. Ah. And in the States, we say slide advancer, <laughs> but, but you're absolutely right. That's a well, good in Australia, we don't even say the word clicker with an ER. It's just clicker. With clicker. <laughs> Well, we got to say, uh, Trav, man, you're absolutely fascinating. Yeah, you're a great guest, Trav. We, we really enjoy this. And Trav, what social media do you have? Are you on Instagram? or you know, Because if you're traveling, I know you're putting up pictures. Where can people see what you're doing? Yeah, yeah. Go to bucketlistguide.travbell on, uh, on Instagram. And that's uh, probably my go-to. Gotcha. And we can follow all your adventures there. Well, thank you, Trav. It was great yeah, having guys, you. I was happy to do a round two, guys. There's a lot more. Absolutely. We Absolutely. We, we appreciate it. We could do a whole show with you. So from Melbourne, Trav, thank you so much. And we will be right back. Welcome back. 
you know, just thinking about what, what Trav said earlier, I thought uh, uh, there was one thing that really stuck out in my head, and that was create a grid. And this is something that was on his YouTube channel, and I mentioned it earlier, was you know, that grid where in the US, the average male lifespan is, I think, 79 years old. It might even be 78. So you create a grid with 78 spaces in it, and then you circle in a grid for every year that you've been born. And then when you look at that and realize that you are already past the curve on, you know, and how much time you potentially have left, you're like, man, I've really got to get going. I've you got to get out there and do those bucket list things, right? Absolutely. You know, yep. it's, there's no time. I mean, time is a ticket. Stay at those great hotels, go to those once in a lifetime destination and do those once in a lifetime things. Something that stuck out to me is his quote that people uh, die at 40 and get buried at 80, meaning that people just stop living. They get sedate and they um, you know, get their kids in school and they really don't do anything. And I, and I really think you can do both. And I know uh, our family tries to do that, to try to have uh, kind of a, a fulfilling life experience while still having to manage all the uh, craziness of, of being a family on a day-to-day basis. But you get out there and see the world. And Australia is a great place, a great place to do that. Matter of fact, the things that Trav told us about, some of them I didn't even know that you can do in Australia. So I think there's um, definitely things we can add to our bucket list from our, our conversation with them today. Absolutely. Well, let's start, you know, let's, you know, start talking about bucket lists. Yep. My favorite part. You know, and I know uh, Trav had a couple of different types of bucket lists, but we're going to talk about that bucket list that has to do with travel and those things you've got to go see before your time is over. So, and there's so much to go see and do. Andy, what are, what are some of the things in Australia that you would add to the top of yours? Well, yeah, I mean, like we said at the beginning of the show, it is so hard to choose because we had to pare down the list because there's so many great things to do and so many places to go. We're definitely have to come back, but there's a epic road trip uh, to Cape York in the Northeast part of Australia. And it's a, it's a journey to the northernmost points and you kind of drive through all these great different geological areas, and um, it's just a great experience. You definitely need a four-wheel drive to do it, and um, it's really, really remote. So if you really want to see what they call, quote-unquote, the outback, this is a place to go. Hardly any sales uh, cell service. If you want to you know, kind of be by yourself and, and get away from the uh, rest of the world, this area to do it. So that epic road trip to uh, Cape York is a great a great first bucket list. Well, and of course, we would be remiss if we didn't talk a little bit about the Great Barrier Reef and what an amazing destination is uh, that is. You know, it's it's so long the Great Barrier Reef that there's a lot you can do. So you need to pick a spot where you want to see it. Uh, you know, narrow that down and see what activities you know are around it. But there's scuba diving, of course. You know, boating excursions, and then another great way to see it is you know a seaplane. Yeah, if you've never absolutely. been on a if you've never been on a seaplane, they're an amazing experience. You know, you you can take off and land in the water. I think uh, the last time I was one, uh, it was in Vancouver, and you get so low, you can see right through the water. You see the wildlife, but uh, it's just a, an amazing vantage point. So, I, I mean, I definitely recommend a seaplane if anybody kind of has that that desire to kind of do something a little different. Yeah, my next one is a, a place that we went called Fraser Island, and this location is just absolutely beautiful. It's seventy-five miles of beach. Just think about that. Where in America or in Europe do you see just seventy-five miles of beautiful natural beach? And that's one of the most beautiful things about Australia is its nature. It's just incredible. So you know there are li- large limestone formations here, which just make it a- absolutely spectacular. You can visit a, a shipwreck from 1935 that got shipwrecked uh, on a cyclone, which was really cool. And it's great just for a day trip. And you can actually camp there as well. So if you're in the Mideast part of Australia, going to Fraser Island is a, a great option. And um, of course, probably one of the most photographed buildings you know, ever yeah, would sure. be the, the Sydney Opera House. And uh, you know, not only can you go see it by water, but we recommend doing the backstage tour of the Sydney Opera House. And, and what's so great about this, you go, you go just beyond the exterior, you go into the orchestra pit, you go into the dressing rooms, green room, and other really cool spots, and then learn a, bit, a little bit more about the history and the performers that have been there, you know, and then follow it with a breakfast. So definitely add that to yours. Yeah, the Sydney Opera House is just so incredible. Um, definitely something I think almost everybody does when they go there. And it's one of those popular bucket list items, but it's really one that you got to do. And if you see behind Todd, if you're watching on YouTube, you see that huge archway over the bridge. You can actually clip on and walk that entire thing. So that's an incredible, incredible thing to do in, in Sydney. 
But we're going to go south uh, for my next bucket list to Tasmania, which I've never been to Tasmania, but my, my father has been, and he said it was one of those life-changing experiences. There is actually a Tasmanian devil. You remember that cartoon from when we were kids, but there's actually a Tasmanian mammal called the Tasmanian devil. <laughs> that's how he talked. <laughs> but that's not my bucket list idea. My bucket list is um, staying at the luxury resort, the Sapphire Fresh and A. Um, it offers amazing luxury experiences, not just uh, the hotel itself, but also all the activities that they do. They have trips to oyster farms, cooking demonstrations, beekeeping, and like I said, visiting with Tasmanian devils. So this place is incredible. So if you get to Tasmania and you want to look at it for a very special place to stay, uh, look it up online. A lot of people just call it the Sapphire. And uh, I want to go now to the Gold Coast, which is actually in the east. And there is the Byron Bay hinterland. You could travel to basically, it's called Nightcap National Park. And it's also known as the Magic Forest, which I think is just a great name anyways. So you can, uh, you can do waterfalls and swim in lakes. And at night, you can actually experience luminescent glowworms as they uh, illuminate the caves, which is really, oh, really That's neat. cool. Yeah. Talk about a natural wonder. That's amazing. And something that uh, Todd and I, we've done in Mexico, but we didn't do it when we were in Australia, was swimming with the whale uh, sharks. And you can do that in the Midwest. And, um, you know, Trav mentioned this earlier, but, you know, it's the largest fish in the ocean. So it's not a shark. It's the ones with the big open mouth and they, they feed on the krill and they get absolutely huge. But it's um, uh, really, really popular there from March to the end of July. So, if you're there during that time, it's a, a quintessential Australian experience and one thing that you should definitely put on your list. And yep. um, where is that? That's at the Ningaloo Reef. It is. It is. So definitely put that on your bucket list. And of course, you may not think of, uh, of this when you're in Australia, but you can do a sunset camel ride on Cable Beach in uh, Broome, which is the Northwest and uh, amazingly beautiful sunsets. And, uh, you know, while Australia is known for its wildlife, you know, the camel's not really what comes to mind. Yeah. But, uh, you know, there are evening camel parades. They go across the beach. You know, you can ride your own or just enjoy the parade and, and watch other people, you know, on the camels and watch the camels themselves. Really, really just a, a neat, unique thing that you probably wouldn't think of when you think of Australia. Yeah. You definitely think of doing that somewhere like uh, Dubai or somewhere in the, well, exactly. in the Middle East. Yeah. Yep. But not, we not, have, I think we there. have another episode where we talk about the camels in Dubai. But oh, Awesome. Yeah. And then there's another uh, bucket list item that uh, I didn't get to do, but I saw this. I'm like, we really need to uh, talk about this. And it's a helicopter ride above the fluorescent pink waters of Lake Hillier. And the color is a result of the high salinity combined with the algae species there. And it's a pink bacteria and um, uh, it's called halo bacteria. And while it's safe to swim in, the lake is only accessible to researchers. So the helicopter ride is a really unique way to see the site and um, Google this if you're interested, because it is truly a spectacular site when you're seeing it from above the lake. And uh, there's also another great area just south of Melbourne, and it's the, uh, the Mornington Peninsula. It's more of a, of a leisure uh, place to visit. It's a low-key Australian experience, yeah. uh, but they definitely have you know, uh, winery tours, small town shopping, golf courses, things like that. You know, um, I hate to say, you know, I think of my parents, they probably like Mornington, but <laughs> it's uh, it definitely it's it's not an extreme adventure, but it's definitely a great way to kind of immerse yourself into another part of Australian life. Yeah. All right. And uh, last but not least, um, everyone has heard of the Northern Lights, but did you know that there are Southern Lights that you can view from Australia? And so, if you've already checked those off your bucket list, definitely put this on your bucket list. And these lights are known as the Aurora Australis, like the uh, Aurora Borealis, but this is the Aurora Australis. So that is definitely something that you want to put on your bucket list and something that's not, not well, well known. And, uh, you know, and, and last, uh, something, if you really want to immerse yourself in, in something just completely unique to Australia, is um, find an amazing Aboriginal experience. The Aborigines are the indigenous you know, people in Australia. Some say they've been around longer than everybody else, but there is a, um, the Laura Aboriginal Dance Festival. And it's been- you That know, sounds amazing. Right. And, and they say, you know, you know, they strike animal forms and they do chants and, um, but it's supposed to be just absolutely amazing. And it's uh, only every two years. So you need to plan ahead. It doesn't happen every year. And it's held in, it's held in the township of Laura, 
which is about 317 kilometers north of Cairns. And um, it's just supposed to be amazing. They get about 5,000 uh, 5, visitors a year. So I definitely find an experience like that to uh, check out while you're there. Absolutely. All right. So those are our top 10 bucket list items for Australia. We know we're going to be back a lot more, but we will be right back as well right after this. Are you ready to book your hotel for your next company event or family adventure? Let AMI help. We have ongoing relationships with all major hotel chains and access to over 200,000 hotels. Why us? We receive special promotions before they hit the open market, meaning significant cost savings to you. Go to destination-everywhere.com and click the Source Now button and let us get to work for you. Well, welcome back, everybody. You know, this has been such a great show because it's just been about bucket lists. We didn't actually choose a, a hotel destination this time. We'll definitely do that when we go back to Australia. But what I loved about this is having an expert like Trav who made the life decision to develop a life plan around experiencing life. So yes, he calls it the bucket, the bucket list plan, but it really is. It's about getting out there and experiencing life and not, not getting into the old habit of not traveling or not seeing the world and not being educated and not experiencing life in, in and of itself. So if you're interested um, in that, you know, he's got a, he's got a great uh, book called The My Bucket List Blueprint, and we recommend it to you. It helps develop a blueprint for you of what you can do from now until you're well into retirement and how you can create a bucket list plan for yourself. So I uh, highly recommend uh, Trav's book. It's definitely a, a shift in mindset. Just live for today sometimes, you know, is the easiest way to say. Carpe diem, for sure. Carpe diem. That concludes our show this time on Destination Everywhere Australia. We want to thank some special members of our team. You know, we have Chris Jordan, our copywriter, uh, Guy Quattlebaum, our content developer, Annie Fernandez, creative director, and of course, Lauren Campbell, who is our podcast producer. So make sure you subscribe, rate, and review the show on your preferred podcast app or by going to www.destination-everywhere.com. We look forward to speaking with you next time on Destination Everywhere. Thanks, everybody. You've just tuned in to another episode of Destination Everywhere with travel and hospitality entrepreneurs, Todd Bloodworth and Andy McNeil. To access the show notes and other helpful resources, visit destination-everywhere.com. Join us again next week for another bucket list filled show as we feature another travel worthy destination. Until next time, travel well and be safe out there.